Butcher's like, your family's in danger right now because I'm going to kill them all. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I was expecting, but this is a very Butcher approach to this problem. I'm pretty sure it was around that time I looked at JJ and I was like, he's an incredibly attractive human being. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Casey Ridge. Sorry for the swears. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you take the time to set your TiVo to record a show each week or invest hours into binging the show that all your friends are telling you to watch? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We put TV shows on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit the follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website what's our verdict.com subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates today we're reviewing the boys season two episodes six through eight the amazon prime original series is based on the comic of the same name created by garth ennis it stars carl urban jack quaid anthony Starr, aaron moriarty dominique mckelligat jesse t usher laz alonzo tomer capone and karen fukuhara that is a list of people right there it's a tongue twister <laughs> say that fast 10 times no I can't even say it slow one time without screwing it up somewhere. (laughs) A group of vigilantes sets out to take down corrupt superheroes who abuse their superpowers. This season brings back the original team and introduces the new superhero Stormfront. So let's jump right into it. Episode 6, Infiltrating Sage Grove, M.M., Frenchie, and Kimiko discover captive Compound V patients. Frenchie recognizes an orderly as Lamplighter, causing a scuffle that allows patients to break out. They're forced to work together in surviving. The boys learn from Lamplighter that Vought is attempting to stabilize Compound V in adult subjects. Uh, Lamplighter spared by Mallory at Frenchie's behest over his remorse for killing her grandchildren. Stormfront tells Homelander she's the first successful Compound V subject and founder Frederick Vought's widow. Wanting him to lead the superpower to world domination, Maeve obtains a video of Homelander abandoning the plane as leverage against him. An unstable patient, Cindy, escapes Sage Grove. A-Train is lured into the Church of the Collective. That is a big synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, a lot happened that episode. Want a fresca? (laughs) (laughs) Casey has a theory on the fresca. I would would love to hear a theory on the fresca because that still confuses the hell out of me. (laughs) I I like it. Yeah, I firmly believe that it's the showrunners um, making fun of the quintessential, like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I can get behind that. Told you it was a good one. That is a good one. Because everybody they meet, they try to hand them the Kool-Aid. I, uh, I like that. And it just that's, happens to be Fresca. <laughs> that's pretty clever. Okay. Because yeah. nobody's going to be like, don't drink the Fresca. Fresca's delicious. Though a lot of people say Fresca sucks in this show. <laughs> <The end>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Though they also said that about an Almond Joy. And clearly Almond Joys are useful to have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because they freaking rocked Black Noir with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Kool-Aid, the one person that like the big main person that didn't was uh mr edgar he came in he's like do you want fresca and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) so he was not drinking the kool-aid yeah he doesn't need to the more screen time mr edgar gets the more i'm like i love this guy (laughs) this guy's great considering he's kind of like i guess like the big evil bad guy you know or whatever but Uh, is he like he's just like he just doesn't give a fuck he just doesn't care you gotta respect it i do it doesn't make him any less evil true (laughs) he's kind of an asshole but what do you do so when they found lamplighter in this 
little experiment clinic. I definitely thought Lamplighter was going to be more badass than he turned out to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's something else. Like, he's kind of a... I, I mean, I like that they made him... I mean, he's cracked and he obviously had fame and he was all about... He tells his story later on, not in this episode, but like you can see he's broken. And at first you just think he's a complete douche, right? Yeah. And then later on you find out that he's broken because of what he did to the kids, not knowing. You find out in this episode that he didn't mean to kill the kids. He thought it was Mallory. And then yeah. it's kind of haunted him ever since. Doesn't well, make it any better. But. Could you even imagine having to be the cleanup guy? I mean, this is a guy who obviously didn't like killing innocents that has now had to come back and burn up every patient in Sage Grove, right? They don't work out or they want to leave or whatever they want to do. He has to come in and clean up. And so he just, he burns them to a pulp and that has to wear on you. Well, yeah, it did. It became very <laughs> evident in the uh the the superhero parody porn films that he forced <laughs> what's his name to watch with him <laughs> yeah he was so well and he was sitting there basically at the end of this episode begging mallory to shoot him like oh yeah, yeah. he's like doing, like you'd be doing me a favor doing me a favor that's right let's talk about this sage grove shit though for a second what a crazy bit of information not only are they testing on people and then burning the evidence but it seems like they're getting close to working serum the idea is to be able to give an adult compound V and then be done. So you can give it to anyone and get a good subset of powers instantly for yeah. what we find out later on in the episode is a very dastardly reason. Oh, remind me what that reason is? Well, yeah, to so make, to make the white supremacist right? army. No, yeah. it was, so you find out later when Stormfront tells, because her and Homelander go through some shit during this episode because he has no patience and she leaves, says she'll be back in 20 minutes. He wants to give her the little weird flower arrangement and then she doesn't come mm. back. She lies to him. She gets pissed and basically says, I'll never lie to you again. And that's what she shows him that he she was married to the original Vought, the guy that started the company, who was also a member of the Nazi inner circle and high command. Mm -hmm. And she was there and explains the fact that they're they're in a war for the culture and he's going to be the leader of this army of supers that can just take out every other race and protect the white race. Yeah. And to like just fast forward a little bit when she is explaining to Homelander's son, Ryan, when she's like, Ryan, there are people out there that hate us because of the color of our skin. I was like, wait a second. No, you don't get to use that argument. That argument is for the other side. Like, yeah, that's how they feel, though. Can I just tell you, like this, from this point on in this series, I spent the entirety of it sick to my stomach and disgusted with people, with the human race. All I could see every time Stormfront and Homelander shot across the screen was fucking Trump's face in my face. And I wanted to fucking punch my TV. That's it. That's all I saw. Wait, why? I dislike our current administration. Sure. Um, the caliber of corruption and disdain for human life and inciting racism and, and making a home for it. Racism is never okay. And the fact that this so heavily plays into it, like Amazon had another series and it was the, the man in the high, what, in the the, high castle. It's supposed to be really, really good. I mm -hmm. tried to watch it. I got five minutes in. I saw the Nazi flag hanging in Times Square and I got so angry that I couldn't watch another minute. I mean, it it makes me that uncomfortable. And I, I was that way for this and the rest of this series. And probably just because of the correlation with our current political climate. Like, I, you can see this being a thing, right? Here you have Stormfront, who it's what fear 
fear. What did she say? Like fear cells and anger mm-hmm. cells. And she's getting this mob together of people who she's going to give, like, let's say that her plan goes in, into effect. Nobody ever catches on. And now you have this world controlled by Nazis. And I, like the thought of that fucking scares the shit out of me. Get it. Well, I mean, on the upside, you guys would come out on top, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to No, because I'd be I'd be in it for the little guy. I'd be for the other guys. Uh, you know, I, I I'm just saying, you know, I respect your concern. I'm just saying you wouldn't have to be concerned. It would be like people like me who would have to be concerned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the fr- most frightening part, I think, is that there are people in the world that don't concern themselves with what's going on because they don't have to. And you can turn a blind eye because it'll never affect you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's terrifying. The people that can do the most to change it most of the time ignore it because it doesn't impact them personally. Or as the boy show, those are the people who are actively advocating for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is very Well, yeah, it was. And there's another part that she said, the there it's the white genocide, that term yeah. like and, and I had to say that they make this up for the shit. But no, that shit's real. Like there are people that there are websites out there and it's disturbing that they talk about white genocide. But like, I don't understand. You say there's people it doesn't impact. I don't understand that. Like, and I guess I'm of the mindset there's there's joint accountability. If there's a problem and I may not be directly involved, but if I see it, don't agree with it and don't say anything, I'm just as accountable for that problem because I had the opportunity to have a voice. I had the opportunity to speak out against it and I didn't. I think that's my problem with Maeve in, mm. in this series. She had the opportunity and she doesn't she doesn't say anything and then she's all upset about how Homelander's this shitty person or she sees what's going on. She doesn't choose to do anything about it until it impacts her. Mm. But she could have done something about it a long time ago. So had she just had the balls to stand up and have a voice and say, no, fuck off and have some sort of conviction, you know, it'd be a very different world. I actually really like Maeve's character because I think she's the realest character. <laughs> like, she started out because her and Starlight had that conversation where when Maeve started out, she was like, she was like Starlight, right? Like very goody two shoes. Told that story about how she like shattered her arm, saving a bus full of people, you know, whatever. And then Homelander and Vought just kind of just ruined that for her. So I think she's felt like so trapped that she can't do anything. She can't say anything, but she still has these moments, right? Like fucking up Black Noir and Stormfront. Like she's seen, she's saved Starlight's life like three times now. Like she keeps having these just amazing moments, just glimpses of like who she is and who she wants to be, but she never fully commits to it. And I don't know. I think that's really real, right? Like I can relate to that at least. I do you like how matter of fact she was when she went after Black Noir and she's like, he's a tree nut allergy yeah. and just leaves it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but like Walks just casually slaps away his EpiPen. Like, <laughs> oh, but JJ, did you re- did you see that you were totally right? His his skin is all scarred up. Yeah. You called it like the first time we recorded. Yeah. yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Black Noir is an interesting character. So I did find out just to add, since we're talking about Black Noir, I found it in the comics. He's actually a clone of Homelander in the comics and he puts on Homelander's suit and goes and does a bunch of shitty things that would get Homelander in trouble. So all the (laughs) shit that Homelander can't be seen doing, he'll go out and do in Homelander's suit to cause problems because he was, he was cloned as a contingency against Homelander, which they're obviously leaning into Ryan being that in the series, which we'll Mm. talk about. But 
yeah, that's yeah, it was an interesting concept. So in the comics, can Black Noir like fly and everything? Yeah, he can do everything that Homelander can. Oh, that is actually wild. That's cool. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. I think that would have made Black Noir much more interesting. Yeah, I don't think they figured out what to do with him yet. I think he was uh, just like this throwaway character. Yeah, yeah, he was always there and he did weird shit, but you never knew. My theory is because we find out that he's African American, I think instead of them cloning him as Homelander, I think he might be a Mr. Edgar clone. So I'm wondering if they clone Edgar gave him superpowers as a newborn clone. That's a theory I had while I was watching it going interesting. Oh, while we're on the topic of black people and racism, <laughs> um, a train finally pulled through for me. These yeah. last, like a couple of episodes where he guns for getting Stormfront fired or yeah. you know, whatever outed as a Nazi. So he like robs the uh, the church's vault that has all the information that she's a Nazi and gives it to Stormfront and stuff. And I'm like, finally, like A-Train was such an annoying character for me until these last couple of episodes where I'm like, oh yeah, that's how we fight back against Nazis. Yep. Um, obviously beheading them in town square. Absolutely. And he just, I love how he does that too. Like he just pops up in the car. Yeah. <laughs> randomly, Huey and Charlie are driving around. He almost crashed. How did you find us? He's like, really? I can <laughs> run. I, I just looked. I can cover every borough in three hours. I just started looking. <laughs> no, but this is where you first start to get. So Deep goes to A-Train to get him because he sneaked. So Deep takes Maeve, the video of Homelander downing the plane. Because he got it from like a, a like a dolphin friend. Like, <laughs> oh, no, it was halibut. It was a school of halibut because he's like, yeah, those fuckers get crazy. <laughs> I love the Deep right now. He's so weird. He's so weird. But, but yeah, so then he goes to a train and gets him to come and like offers him that you want to you want to fresca? <laughs> fresca gets him to come to the church of the collective to try to get him back into the seven and so that a train's like no nope, not yeah, into like, this whatever this is <laughs> well but he goes into it and i what i love about this part is that this is like now you actually know the collective is scientology like they yeah. make they make that very very, very clear. clear and then because the first episode in episode six isn't that when they <laughs> They like who's the guy that brought the deep in? Yeah, it was the bow and arrow guy, but that's in seven when they oh, tell him it? that he's, uh, they... he's blacklisted or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a party. Because they have they have this moment where A Train and they has he has lunch with the main guy, and then the deep and A Train are there, and Deep just goes off about how he's like, I fucking hate you, and I've had dreams of drowning you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the the, the truth telling. Yeah, the truth share. And that's the other guy's like, Oh, we've got ourselves a true blue truth share. And A Train's like, I'm fucking out of here here <laughs> and the guy like starts talking about his seven figure debt and the fact that he's got a heart problem seven figure debt dude yeah, you're millions in debt oh it's bonkers Jeez. that's Wait. like oh yeah, nicholas cage type shit isn't that <laughs> yeah, yeah i was thinking of like that's like mike tyson type <laughs> yeah it's rough shit the danger Jeez. of celebrity when you think you'll never run out of it i do love that part at the party though where they're like hey what, what do you think about what is that guy's name like long shot or eagle arrow or yeah, eagle the archer eagle the archer <laughs> the deep's like yeah he's like a brother to me <laughs> And then he's, he's like, like, yeah, we found out that he's been saying terrible things. He's like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. 
he's a, he's a toxic personality. You know, in fact, now that you mention it, he was kind of toxic. <laughs> and is like, what is happening? He said, well, what the fuck? Well, yeah. So let's jump into seven then. Because I think, well, no, wait. Before we do that, we need to discuss the penis in the room. <laughs> okay. oh, Penises are never attractive to begin with, let alone how long was that penis? It was like 30 feet long. Yeah. Like when he stretched it out, because he was out in the hallway and you hear it hit the door. <laughs> And then they go look through the window and it breaks through the window and starts choking M.M. Like it wraps itself around his neck twice. And you just see this uncircumcised penis head looking at him like it's a face. I was like, oh, no. And then he didn't realize what it was until like they, Kamiko goes out and punches him with those those knuckles rings she had. The bossy knuckles. He's going to put it on his head and he goes out and he goes, was that his dick? (laughs) (laughs) And what does Frenchie say? Frenchie says something. Don't be cl- so close-minded yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love frenchie dude like, like even the worst part where he was just like high all the time i'm like i still like this guy yeah he's just going rock bottom in episode frenchie five can, yeah frenchie can do no wrong in my eyes me neither because that's the other that thing that episode five gives us right it's frenchie's backstory so it actually tells you what happened with the mallory stuff yeah episode yeah. six it, it shows oh, that six, backstory yeah. of how he had two friends that he was constantly with and then he got caught with a bomb trying to kill one of the suits because he usually made a Xanax bomb for the suit that's <laughs> triggered by rage you take away his rage he's no longer a problem so and then she recruits him in that moment and then she sends him to keep babysit basically lamplighter and then his buddy starts dying as, as an overdose and so she calls him his girl thing the one that you've seen in throughout yeah, he was season. having sex with her earlier in the season yeah can we talk for a second about Mallory first puts the team of the boys together and then Lamplighter walks in the room oh, yeah. and the three of them are just making fun of his ass because he comes in with him. like that like old school burning lamp thing. Yeah. Man, what did they say? I can't remember. That. It was great though because they just start laughing. And, and even, the three and of Mallory's them. giggling. Yeah. God, what did they call him? He looked like something and I don't even remember what it was. But he gets pissed and like makes the flames go up and then they show the video which we never see what it is and then he leaves all pissed off and then they send Frenchie to watch him and he goes to save his buddy who's ODing and then doesn't get back in time and in that time it allowed Lamplighter to go to Mallory's house to try to kill her and ended up accidentally killing her grandkids yeah so they recruit him back again at the end of this episode after Frenchie begs for his life so we think I mean well they recruit him to come help him but he's not there for why they think he's there no Obviously not. All right. So episode seven has the best name, by the way. Butcher Baker, the candlestick maker. <laughs> Shit's hilarious when you think about everything that's going on. So Butcher's doing his asshole thing. I don't get the Baker one, but then the candlestick maker, because this douchebag <laughs> lights himself on fire. All right. Oh, oh, this is that one where yeah. Huey finds out that Starlight is captured, captured. In, in the Vought Tower. So ah. Congressman Victoria Newman schedules a hearing against Vought with Lamplighter as the chief witness. After Vought uncovers Annie's betrayal, Huey convinces Lamplighter to join him in a rescue attempt, which results in the later immolating himself. Annie escapes with the help of Maeve, who subdues Black Noir. Despite the loss of Lamplighter, Butcher strongarms Vogelbaum into testifying against Vought. However, the hearing is attacked by the assassin who killed Rainer, resulting in the deaths of Vogelbaum, Shockwave, oh, and others. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <yeah. from> <laughs> Meanwhile, Homelander and Stormfront manipulate Ryan into leaving Rebecca. A-Train grows suspicious of the Church of the Collective, and Maeve and Elena break up over the former falling to save 
away, failing to save the airliner. So a lot happens in this episode because this shit gets bonkers because that's they're holding on to Lamplighter for this trial or for this hearing. Yeah, this is the this is the porn scene. The, yeah. the, the home banger. <laughs> Oh, the deep explores the blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, Javier. Okay. And it goes to, so I can't relate in one sense. I can in some others. So douchebag and douchebaggerette, our favorite hated couple in this season. Yeah. Homelander and Stormfront. And the Nazi cow. Yeah. So they show up at, at Becca's house mm. to take the kid. Right. And, and so I, I tried to look at it from like, like a parent's perspective. And, and I understand what the mom was trying to do, right? She's in these, in between these two. Invincible people. Yeah. And so I guess I was just trying to figure out as a parent, what kind of effect that would have on you if somebody showed up to come take your kid like that. Dude, yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, and she's in this weird situation because he basically picks Ryan up and flies away. Right? Like, what is she supposed to do? But yeah, I so a little bit of a tangent. I read this story this article about this lady who went up to this kid at a park and started taking the kid away and the dad walked up was like hey like what are you doing with my kid and she started yelling like get away from my kid leave my kid alone and so other people in the park went and like held back this dad as this lady like walked away with his kid and I was like so to kind of answer your question Casey I would kill everyone in that park like (laughs) there would be no survivors if that was like, there's no way I could possibly just watch someone walk away with my kid and just be like, I guess I'll just figure this out later. You know? It's kind of like that lady, yeah. the the first woman to be put to death in the U.S. is coming soon. And I don't know if you guys remember the news stories. She, a, a woman has not been actually killed by the death penalty in the U.S. in like almost 100 years. I think it's been like 70 some odd years. Mm-hmm. This woman stalked and killed a pregnant woman to take the baby out of her womb and then raise that baby as her own. This woman is now, she's been on death row for a while. She she was now just sentenced to, she got her death date and she's the first woman to be able to do it. And like, all I could see was this terrible woman cutting somebody open to rip apart this family. And I cannot even imagine the impact it would have on a child. Wait, did that child live? Yeah. Oh yeah. She raised it as her own. And and they only caught her because they, they found the dead woman with a, obviously a womb and obviously a child that had been there and then they end up caught catching this other girl because she like and meanwhile she had been like playing that she was fake stuffing her tongue like stuffing her belly she was googling different things and making it seem like she was pregnant so that her friends and family wouldn't all of a sudden know think like oh she had a baby Uh, it was terrible it was terrible I 100% think that that woman should die and feel terrible for that child but I just yeah I was I was curious that is the most insane story I've ever heard, Casey. Are you for it, real? Yeah, it's it's currently happening. Like you can get onto you can get onto the news. It's there. Oh it should God. be in recent news because it's just been happening. I think I saw the news story this past week. Can we before Ooh. we move? I mean, I know that we're in deep, dark, depressing territory, which is tend to be where I live. <laughs> 
this episode had the saddest intro to the worst possible song. So we were watching this and I think it goes back to this. The season just kept like making me more and more disgusted as the season went on. And so this episode really shows how that can happen. I don't understand how how people get to the point that they would kill somebody else. I don't really understand how somebody can go from being a, a, a relatively nice, we can say normal person to like this hatred where they would go out and shoot up a school or kill somebody else or whatever it is just because of like any type of discrimination, right? I don't understand it. My mind does not work that way. And in the opening credits of this episode, you see this kid getting all the propaganda, all the news stories where it's constantly Homelander and Stormfront, the white supremacy, the (laughs) interviews. Oh, Oh, the gas station attendants. Immigrant stories and constantly right it's the it's the brown people they're the problem they're coming into our country and she even says on one of the videos make america safe again oh i can't even tell <laughs> you how badly i dislike <laughs> where they took it so they you you see this guy go through this like mental change and into this place where a car flashes across the gas station attendant's eyes mm-hmm. and he assumes that he's a soup and what do you know the next day he takes a gun and shoots him in the head just because the dude is mm-hmm. brown and might have superpowers and might have superpowers and I, I i when you can see he was stressed like okay so this one i can't believe i forgot about this because this part of this whole series makes me the most angry because i feel like this is the part of our world that we live in that makes me angry is the uncontrolled inability look i'm a proponent of free speech what i'm not a proponent of is propaganda in our major news channels like there's a big difference between okay so i read something the other day that really kind of hit me and i kind of sums this whole thing up is it used to be they tell the news on news stations or in the newspaper and then i got to decide how i felt about that they would tell the truth i got to decide how i felt about it now the news tells me how to feel and i have to decide if they're telling the truth or not and that's the epitome of what we watch in the beginning of this they're telling him how to feel you should be afraid of anyone that looks different than you they could be a supervillain. they could be a terrorist and we see that propaganda today and it's creating so many issues and then this guy gets to the point that in his mind he's doing something to protect the world that he lives in and he takes this gun and he calls this guy out about his eyes and he says many of says are you bulletproof motherfucker when this guy's like losing his shit behind the counter and then shoots him in the face and realizes that he made the mistake and then the worst part is right after that you cut to another rally with stormfront Mm -hmm. and homelander and they do the whole thoughts and prayers to sanji deep's family and we made a a donation to the this charity that Vought owns yeah. in his name and then you immediately hear Homelander go yeah thoughts and prayers and then they go but what he did we we go out and they should nobody should ever be treated that way however it's everything that's going on that's making us get there so they sideways say it was justified it, it just mm-hmm. we see this shit every day in our country and across the world and it's crazy I hate what the media is today so my absolute favorite TV show and I I rewatch it and I watch it and I rewatch it again and it's the newsroom with Jeff Daniels most people probably have seen the intro opening yeah. scene on YouTube and it to me it shows what I wish news was and they have a line in there that they say all the time and it's nothing is more important to a democracy than a well-informed electorate which I 100% agree with I I feel like we should want truth from the people giving us the information we should also be seeking the information 
and ignorance is is absolutely a choice. The information's there if you go looking for it. I mean, and and it's I think it goes back to the corruption and you could make you could make the argument that you see it in the show and you see it in in real life. We had an actual person give a news story to a certain news program because they knew that they would push it without fact checking it. That that's no joke. Mm-hmm. There was a pro Trump story or an anti Biden story that just came out that Rudy Giuliani said I gave it to the New York Post because I knew that they would run it and I knew that other people wouldn't. Oh yeah, I 100% believe that. Yeah. And and we shouldn't have to question it to your point JJ. We should not have to question the the validity of the information that we're given and it mm-hmm. it's it's terrifying but it's angering because not everybody has the drive to question and question authority and question the information and it's yeah uh, yeah I'm yeah. I'm terrified for the world that we live in. I mean to be fair it goes both ways right like Democrats are not exactly you know they don't have their hands clean when it comes to well, censoring information. No and I just and I'm not, that it was one I'm not arguing. That happened. Oh, yeah. yeah but I'm saying like it's not like it would be so much simpler if it was just one side that sure. was just like yeah. being dickheads, right? But now we have like a two-party political system and both sides, in my eyes, are just as bad as the other, right? There's no like, no one has a moral high ground there. And so that just makes it so much more difficult because not only are you sifting through bad information on both sides, now you're stuck with the, where do I get good information? If I can't trust these yeah. sources, where do I get my good information from? Well, and on top of it, there's three topics. There's three topics that you should not get into a conversation with because people have such an emotional tie to those topics that it causes arguments even amongst friends do you know do you two know what they are religion and politics religion and politics are two jj should know the third sex money uh oh sports sports. religion Um, politics and sports are the three things that people have such a high like such an emotional tie to that fights will break out yeah what javier and i have a great example of this so when we first started working together we started talking about golf being a sport And we went for what was it like fucking a week at least? It was every day. Yeah, it was at least an hour every day. People congregated around my desk, and I had a firm stance that golf is not a sport unless you're willing to admit that that cornhole beanbag toss is also a sport. (laughs) (laughs) So then we had this giant debate that went from golf is not a sport to why golf is a sport and why everything is or isn't a sport like we made rules that have nothing to do with anything up as no. to why we consider so so i get that now that you say that for sure i can see that because seriously for a week the whole fucking hr department it was everyone. my boss called me into her office to tell me <laughs> to shut up and get to work and i'm like i'm not i'm at my desk i'm the only one at my desk <laughs> shit was great that's no, funny i agree with the i agree oh. with the sports thing yep yep me too all right so in season seven this shit gets crazy so we, huey and lamplighter go to save starlight because she's there and we come to find out that lamplighter can get him in the building with his handprint but he's not going to help starlight he's decided that he's going to off himself in front of his statue and he's all downtrodden when he leaves this confused me as someone from HR who knows how when someone is fired, immediately take away, you know, security access really confused me. Well, I guess he wasn't totally fired. Yeah, he still right? worked for Vought. Yeah, he still worked for Vought. Okay. I mean, come on though. You still can shut people's access off to specific buildings or yes. floors of buildings. Thank you. That doesn't make any sense. Why was he still able to get in there? No, I agree. I thought the same thing. My only answer to that, the, the way I suspended my day 
disbelief in that was that it's a building full of fucking superheroes. So, so what if cares? one guy can get back in? You know what I mean? Like, so he gets yeah. back in. They obviously don't care about their personnel other than the soups. So by that point, Homelander comes and kills whoever it is that breaks in. So yeah. that was my only excuse. It doesn't make it right that he should have not had access to the building anymore. But so he makes a comment. He's like, either my hand works or we're going to be surrounded by guards with AKs. And my first thought was, why would the guards have AKs? Doesn't make any sense. Why yeah. would they have any other rifle? You know, so that's my gun critique for this episode. <laughs> Gotta have one. <laughs> why would why would American security teams have Russian or Chinese? I don't know guns. Hey, one thing if said ARs, but no, he says yeah, AKs. AKs are not the choice rifle. I mean, if you were included in your other you know movie podcast and we're watching the the latest movie you all watched, you would have learned that we use Russian military weapons because they are untraceable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. And Austrian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, sorry. So, yeah. No, no, you're good. So he goes and he goes, he's like all downtrodden because they removed his statue from that weird... And put Starlight up. Put Starlight up. But then he says he wanted to make his dad proud and lights himself on fire in the middle of this room. Then Huey is just sitting there having a panic attack, right? (laughs) And he has to figure out what to do. And so he breaks a bottle and saws off his hand. <laughs> After the first, though, this is one of my the funniest parts when we were watching this the other night, and I was a little bit inebriated, so it was even more funny than normal. But when he panics and he goes running out of the room, and he's like, asshole, and he, <laughs> and he runs out, and then he's like, shit, I need his hand, and he comes running back in and slips on the water. Like he said, he, he breaks the freaking decanter and just, in every time we, we watched it three times, or I did, because she was trying to watch it twice, and I ended up watching it three times, but every time he's cutting through the skin, I'm just sitting there going, oh my god. And all the things we've watched in the show, that's the one that drove me crazy, was him cutting the dude's arm off. Oh, This actor who plays Huey, like, he plays Huey really well, especially in this scene, like the slipping on the water, the almost vomiting while he's cutting the hand off. (laughs) I love, too, when he goes down, so he takes the hand, and he goes down to save Starlight, ends up saving her mom and she looks at him and goes aren't you the sweaty boy from believe and he's like yes hi we need to go like he's not even phased by it he's i really i really wish he would have just closed the door i love that the mom keeps going back to it like really the sweaty palm kid yeah the kid with the the wet handshake yeah. Yeah, the moist handshake Huey has now saved her life and she's still like yeah talking shit yeah it's great so yeah they escape and then this hearing happens the next day dude hanging out. Uh, yes. Well, first of all, let's talk about Butcher has to go and convince Vogelbaum. Vogelbaum tells Mallory to go fuck herself. And then Butcher oh, goes, Sorry. he's like, I'll take care of it. And he I'm goes, remembering all this. And I'm like, oh yeah, that scene. Oh. So he sits and he, I, this is one of the reasons that I love Carl Urban as Butcher. The man can be so menacing. And then he turns sweet as a freaking piece of like an apple pie. Like he's being all menacing to Vogelbaum. And then his daughter comes up and he's like, talks about the tea. It's yeah. Forever since I've had a had good a cup of char. Cup. Yeah. Thanks, love. Yeah. He's just so nice. And he had just got done saying, I will go in the other room and I will bludgeon your daughter to death and I'll go find your two sons and their little kitties. Your whole fucking family will die today unless you give me what I want. And he's got this just grimace on his face. And then he hears the tea and he just, you watch him visibly soften and then look at her. Hey. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? 
He did the same thing to the when they were getting Lamplighter uh, ready for the deposition. Yeah. And he's talking to the senator and he he calls her a cunt. And then she's like, I should wear that. You're not the first. I should wear it like a badge of honor. And and then he he does the same thing. He flips it and he's like, it's a term of endearment. It might where I'm come from. Like It was cute. Yeah. Now that you say it. Great performance from him. Like yeah. it's he's, he's so one of the most underrated actors ever. For sure. He's incredible. I really like that scene though, where because he's like Vogelbaum's like, I'm not gonna tell you anything because my family's in danger. And Butcher's like, Your family's in danger right now because <laughs> I'm gonna kill them all. And I was like, Oh, I don't know what I was expecting, but this is a very butcher approach to this problem. I'm pretty sure it was around that time I looked at JJ and I was like, he's an incredible attractive human being. <laughs> <laughs> he is. So at this point, this whole fucking exploding head shit at this hearing. Oh, so yeah, Vogel- we just knew right over that. Yeah, yeah. Vogelbaum rolls in to testify and they start asking questions. He gets ready to explain that you got five minutes and then the, the head of this, the committee leader, his head explodes and then Vogelbaum's head explodes and then a dozen or more heads start popping up, including sleeping on the blood. There's blood blowing in their faces. I'm like, ah. But I love that Homelander's just sitting there looking around like, the fuck's going on? (laughs) Yeah, so that really made me wonder, can Homelander die from this? Like, what happens if you blow up Homelander's head? I would assume that he can. Yeah, I think he would have to because we see the one, the speedster, the other speedster that replaces A-Train, his head blows up. Yeah, yeah. He's one of them that goes down. So I I think that that would be a way that he could die. Well, Ashley's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, Ashley's lose blood splatting all over her face victoria newman her assistant get her aides head blows up like their head just heads blowing up well and you're watching from this room where huey and starlight and butcher are all thinking everything's going great and then they're watching on tv losing their shit because heads are exploding and then Mm -hmm. butcher just starts to lose it do you remember when so huey takes starlight back to their lair and she walks in and she's like this is where you've been living he's like yeah except for the rats are like whack-a-mole yeah (laughs) Or like Pac-Man or whatever. Pokemon. Like Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, what a crazy end to that scene. This is also the episode where Maeve's girlfriend leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ashley then finds her in bed with two dudes and flips the fuck out. And Ashley, for the first time, is finally a person when she says, like, sorry, Maeve, that you're going through this. Yeah. Starlight's asked for Maeve to come help her aside from. No, that's see, that's episode eight when oh. they go and ask her for help. Because so let's just jump into episode eight. I when they eight. killed Noir and she said, come with us. And she shook her well, head. Well, she did ask oh, at yeah. that point. She said, come with me. And she shook her head and, and left. But later on in the next episode, they go and actually ask her to testify. So are we done with seven? Probably. So let's let's talk about eight. So learning from Becca about Ryan's capture, Butcher makes a deal with Edgar to help Vought reclaim him at Homelander's cabin. However, Butcher reneges on the deal and attempts to save them from Stormfront. When Stormfront attacks his mother, Ryan cripples her with his eye lasers, but accidentally kills Becca. Butcher forgives Ryan after the boy takes his side over Homelander, while Maeve uses the plane footage to force Homelander into letting them go. With Stormfront's Nazi past leak, Edgar halts her plan to sell Compound V as the boys are cleared of all charges and Annie is reinstated into the seven. Adana also has A-Train rejoined, but not the deep before the assassin kills him. Ryan is taken in by the CIA. Huey gets a job with Newman, unaware she is the assassin. So a lot happened in this episode too. Do you remember the first thing that you said about the deep? (laughs) 
no at this episode and it's like this poor bastard just keeps getting fucked over oh yeah he does <laughs> so they choose a train over the deep and then he's walking out and he's like i've given you my bank account i've done this i married this weird weird girl who gives me shitty head and he <laughs> terrible <out>. blowjobs <laughs> <laughs> and all i could think of was like the fuck you fuck you yeah, yeah. fuck you you're cool yeah deep is just he just can't win he goes through all this shit with the the church <laughs> it's obviously again a direct correlation to scientology where they have to pay for the classes and they have to do all this shit they give up all this stuff but yeah he, he gets screwed at the end it's because yeah and then labeled as a toxic personality yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's being very toxic right, right now I think you and leave. sucks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude man. i still have very little sympathy for deep though oh, right? yeah. <laughs> like i think it's actually really funny that he keeps getting fucked over like that i'm like good you deserve that <laughs> He's just so awkward. Like, he's just so fucking awkward all the time, too. So this episode's crazy because it's when, like, Butcher just decides, fuck it, we're going to kill everybody. In fact, Huey's like, you can't just kill everybody. He's like, that's exactly, that's exactly what we're, we're going to do. Well, and, and Becca, when did Becca, was that episode seven? She comes right at the beginning seven? of this one. So Becca shows up at the comic book store, wherever they're living. Yeah, the, the pawn shop. So now they need to go get Ryan. And that's, so they gear up. And I did laugh at all. Like, they were all swooning over Becca. Like, the whole team oh, like, yeah <laughs> she's sitting down in this rat infested shithole and you've got frenchie that's giving her tea yeah somebody else is giving her a sandwich just the way she likes it and then yeah. you've got the mute sitting across from her making dada goo goo eyes at her who are you people <laughs> well, then she begs butcher for help and he like hugs her or whatnot and then they all just kind of sit in there smiling and he's like fuck off you lot <laughs> Because <laughs> they're just staring at him. You can just hear it. Like, do you remember watching Beauty and the Beast as a kid? And there were the three girls that were in love with Gaston, and all of them oh, at the yeah. same time were like, oh, <laughs> like that, like with birds chirping yeah. in the background. That's what I heard. So funny. At this point, they decide they're going to go save Ryan and Frenchie. Has another amazing idea, yeah. right? A freaking anti-Homelander, anti-Stormfront idea. Well, he's got yeah, he's the rocket launcher with like sound waves attached to it, one. And then the other part is, is he takes all these Vought speakers, stacks them together, and they put this like awful sound to run through it. So they they release all this information. A-Train steals all the Nazi information from the church or the collective, gives it to Starlight, Starlight and Huey after they get shot shot down by Maeve for her to testify. So then they need everything. And I love all they do is open this folder and you hear everybody go, holy shit. <laughs> like they lose their mind about it. So then they release it, which makes her leave the cabin. And then they set off this audio noise that drives the soups crazy. So Homelander leaves Ryan in the cabin to go find it. Butcher and Becca come in and grab the kid, take him away from where they were supposed to give him to Vaught. And then all hell fucking breaks loose. So my favorite line in this episode or and I would say in the last three is when Frenchie's coming up oh. with this plan and they're still in the basement. They're getting like they've agreed that they're going to kill everybody. And he's telling them that it's just like the Roadrunner. And he's making this Roadrunner reference. And then he's like, all you need is an AK-47 and meet meet no more. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like AR. A, yeah. AR-15. And I like I love Frenchie so much. And the other thing I want to point out that we've glossed over is Frenchie's relationship with the girl oh, yeah. and how she's now teaching him her little language like it melts my heart yeah emiko i love that they're sitting there and she starts teaching him while he's sitting next to an anti-air 
rocket on a rooftop mm-hmm. the Congress mm-hmm. moment. He's just sitting right next to it. <laughs> yeah, well, and then that. he's setting up the like pyramid of speakers and he's saying how it's better than the ones that he did when he was doing raves. Oh, yeah. And she's like, and then from that, she's like, you dance? <laughs> yeah. and he's like, of course I dance. What's life without dancing? <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> yeah, their relationship's hilarious. Um, for me, the best line was when, or one of the best lines, is when Stormfront is just manhandling Kamiko and Stormfront, which I would love to see Stormfront, or sorry, not Wait, Stormfront, Starlight. Starlight. I would love to see Starlight win one fucking fight in two seasons. Just one would be good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Starlight, as usual, is getting her ass handed to her. And Maeve is like, hey, Kraut, and just socks her in the face. Like, <laughs> oh, Maeve, I love you. And then Frenchie comes in it, into it. So the three girls are just beating the shit out of Stormfront. And you have Frenchie in the background going, huh, wow, girls really do get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and then Starlight at one point is like, eat my ass, Nazi bitch. She's like kicking her. <laughs> I mean, it. it was a brutal fight. I love every time she turned around to do something, somebody's running in and punching her in the face or mm-hmm. In the gut, and then they're just stomping on her, and she's like, Fuck this shit, and flies away. Dude, that took her a long time to figure out. Like, wait a second, I can fly and no one else can. So, yeah, she leaves. But all this while, Homelander comes back to the cabin that's full of Vought agents that were there to take his kid, and he realizes this. So, he closes the door all calm, asks the guy calmly, Where's my son? He doesn't answer, so he splits him in half and then yells at everyone else, Where's my son? And the next thing you see of him, he's walking out of the cabin just covered in gore where he's I'm surprised that they didn't show that me too right was it they reached their budget for that episode I was gonna say could you imagine like the graphic effects yeah. budget at that point <laughs> not to mention while he's doing that they cut to Stormfront landing because they've blown up the car originally Butcher sends MM to take Becca and the kids so that he doesn't know where she is and mm-hmm. to keep her safe and to stop Vought because he made the deal and then backed out on it. So now he's in danger. Yeah, because he and his initial more. deal with Vought was I can get you the kid, but Becca stays with me and you're just going to have to tell her that's the only way to keep him safe. And then mm-hmm. she makes him swear on Lenny's life mm-hmm. to keep him, the kid safe. So then he breaks the promise. But so the car gets thrown through the air by Stormfront. They get him out and then Butcher and Becca and Ryan take off into the woods while everybody's fighting Stormfront. Then Stormfront bleeding and been their ass beat lands down in front of him trying to get Ryan and in one of the greatest fucking moves Becca stabs Stormfront in the eye with that knife that she took from the yes. house. Yes. Like, damn. I love that part. And I think part of it is because Aya Cash, the actress who plays Stormfront, she sold the shit out of that. Like That scream was like blood curdling and then pulls the knife out and just like chokes her ass up against the tree. Butcher shooting her, beating her with a crowbar. Nothing works. And then Ryan gets pissed, lights his eyes up. And then this scene cuts to black and I was pissed pissed because I wanted to see mm-hmm. him melt North Stormfront. But I get why they didn't now that I've watched it. Because it takes away the surprise of, oh shit, Becca's dead. Because they'd have to show that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, and I also think it's an interesting thing to point out that Stormfront and Homelander, when they took him from Becca, were trying to get him to use his lasers. Like, mm-hmm. they were trying to get him to be able to do it. And, he, and the kid just kept saying, like, I'm not like you. I'm not like you. I'm not going to do it. And so they told him, sometimes 
sometimes it's easier if you just imagine that you're looking at somebody you hate. And so I thought I found it to be a, a really interesting turn that that's, I mean, it took him looking at somebody who he finally truly hated to be able to get his laser eyes to work. Yeah. So in theory, they taught him to do the thing that ended up killing right. or at least maiming Stormfront. Right. So that was the crazy, you cut back and you see Butcher getting up and Stormfront's laying there without legs or an arm. Or hair. Or hair and she's burnt to shit. And this is a woman that Homelander gave her what for in their little sex scene and she burnt a little bit but it didn't kill her like and she didn't cut anything off and she's legless, one arm. Speaking in German. Spe- yeah, she's speaking in German and they did translate that by the way. And it's her repeating, like she thinks she's talking to the original Vought and she's talking about her daughter and them sitting in a field under an apple tree. She says apple spawn. So it's she, she's recollecting a nice, beautiful day that she had with her husband and her kid as she's talking to Homelander. But that's what she was saying. But yeah, she's all fucked up. And then you have the poor kid <clears throat> back there going, I'm oh. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, like heartbreaking. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. And Becca has the foresight to tell Butcher, like, I need you to make sure that he's safe. You've got to promise me he's safe. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault knowing that Butcher's going to fly off the handle. Yeah. And can I tell you again, going back to Carl Urban, when he picks up after he promises to keep the kid safe and she died, (laughs) he has this face and mm-hmm. he picks up that crowbar and that face is like what I dream that my face looks like when I'm trying to express to someone facially that I'm going to fucking hurt you. Like he just has this look of pure vitriol. And I just the actor like being able to have those tears pouring out of his eyes and have this look of pure fucking just hatred. I loved it. You know, what's interesting about that is now that I think back about it, when he was interacting with his dad, the only thing I know that from that dad is when he was on elementary. Mm-hmm. And Do you remember the actor's name? I don't remember the actor's name, but I love him. He love had he had the same look, mm-hmm. that same angry look at the very end of their interaction mm-hmm. that Butcher had once Becca died. Yeah, that makes sense. He does give the best advice to Ryan, though, before oh, Ryan yeah. Oh, yeah. leaves. When they're packed. <laughs> with Mallory. Yeah. Remember what I told you? <laughs> don't Do be a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in this little kid like, yeah. don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Great <know>? advice. <laughs> Remember what I told you. But I do I do enjoy this scene. So after Beck is dead, when he stands up and Homelander lands and he's just, Butcher's just staring at Homelander like, you're not getting this kid. Homelander's going off about the little shit that killed your wife. And you can tell at that moment that Homelander doesn't really give a shit about the kid. He just mm-hmm. wanted someone that was in inherently meant to love him in his life because he's the son in his mind he's gonna love him no matter what because he's his dad but he doesn't care about the kid then as he's getting ready to kill him that's when Maeve comes and threatens him which I loved she's like you're gonna leave let them go you're gonna stop fucking with me and Elena you're gonna stop hunting Starlight she just lays all these terms out like you're under our control now motherfucker Homelander's like if you do I'm gonna kill everyone she's like good so long as no one loves you ever again I was like oh Oh, Homelander, you're such a bitch, dude. (laughs) That's that's when I finally really, this last episode was when I finally liked Maeve. And I I didn't really get it until Maeve showed up. And I was like, oh, that is Homelander's very true. His one true weakness isn't any of the rest of the shit. It's that he needs to be loved. And so I I found it interesting that Maeve finally decided to use it because she's had the power to use it the entire time. The next thing you see is Homelander giving this speech about how Stormfront's rotten. They've got her apprehended. She'll be dealt with in her Nazi ways. 
days and then starlight is forgiven she was wrongly accused of being like this piece of shit and these two that just betrayed that have been betraying him almost the whole time he looks at him and says these are two of my truest most bat loyal friends <laughs> and they're just like smiling at him and he's just got to swallow all this shit and it just made me happy to watch but we also learned then that they're going to take this is where we learned that the eight that a train's getting taken back in but not deep because they got to make up for that nazi uh, influence right so you mm-hmm. get that guy back and leave the deep out then we <laughs> to, to, as a final insult to the church of scientology this he's having this conversation with victoria newman the congresswoman who's now in charge of this new division of soup control or soup whatever it's called soup behaviors or whatnot so they're monitoring all the soups he's trying to give her all this dirt on all these superheroes and she's like he, he says if you can rush our tax exempt status <laughs> which is something Church of Scientology's been working a long time to get. So I, that one just made me laugh. So he tries and to... And then the she blows up his head. That. So the whole time you think it's the one crazy bitch from the mental institution and it's not. Ah. Turns out it's the chick that's been there the whole time working for Vought to stir up Ooh. trouble on the other side. I, my only wonder about that is that they show her eye color change, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're when we were in the conference room that she was in, you see her face and her eyes aren't like a weird color. Yeah. You know, so I don't know how they're going to explain that, but it seems a little I, inconsistent. I yeah. had that same exact thought. I had a really hard time reconciling. So JJ made a point like it's every she looked at every single person in the room before they mm-hmm. before their heads exploded. And I was like, but they rushed her out of the room at the end. She wasn't even she wasn't even looking when some of the end heads blew up. And so I, I'm not sure that I am fully bought into that. My theory is this is that all she has to do is see you and within a certain amount of time she can pop your head because yeah, easy way like casting a spell type of thing so her eyes glaze over do whatever and then she can activate that within mm-hmm. a certain amount of time that would be an easy way to explain it yeah I I, I'm sure that's how they'll they'll work that out the other thing we see is kind of the other pieces of storyline so MM goes back to his daughter and his wife they've been cleared of all their charges Mallory says even the crimes you did commit <laughs> you're, you're, those all those dro- charges are dropped so then you see Frenchie and Imiko are getting ready to go dancing. They go do all their stuff and they're going to go dance. And then Butcher is talking to Mallory and she basically offers him a job to be part of her team that's working under Victoria Newman. She offers him the job he already has, let's be honest. And he doesn't say anything, but you know he's not going to quit, especially now that Becca's dead. And then it cuts to Huey and Starlight. Him having his realization that he's a clingy little bitch to everybody. Which he is. Yeah. And whiny. I've said since day one whiny little fucking bitch yeah but now he's he's starting to realize he's got to stand on his <laughs> he's got to stand on his two feet and i did laugh at the moment when she was like fine we can be friends he's like oh no i'm still clinging to you just not everybody else because that's what the world needs is two clingy fucking whiny little bitches they creating together. more whiny little bitches <laughs> super powered whiny little bitches so then we find out huey goes to victoria newman's office and asks to be part of the team now that we know that she's the head exploder and working for Vought. And Casey made a great comment last night when we finished it again. She goes, yeah, because the person you want working in your, she gives him a job, we'll find you a job. And he, she's like, yeah, the person that, the most observant person. That, perceptive. Or perceptive The most person. perceptive person in the in the entire show is the person that you're going to hire when you don't want anybody to know you're a suit. That's a genius fucking call there. Because if there's one thing that dude does is he finds out shit about people. Yeah, at least he's good for something. Yeah. For real. So, yeah. 
that's uh that's pretty much it. Ryan is taken by the CIA to a safe house, hoping that he doesn't turn out like his dad. Any final thoughts before we rate this whole show? You know who what? I want to have babies? Fucking Kamiko and Frenchie. Oh fuck. They'd be little badasses. <laughs> Fucking soups that can make bombs out of anything. <laughs> I did Bottle love bombs. Yeah, when they walk into the in the they're in the Sage Grove joint and they walk into that room with all the drugs. <laughs> and Frenchie's like oh hello <laughs> finally i know can't you sit can't you just see it now like him sitting next to his kids with like a chemistry table helping them figure out how to make their own little shit oh yeah but i love that they're always giving him shit is this gonna work he goes i think it's gonna work it might work i don't know <laughs> so always having to explain it so well let's rate this thing we're gonna rate this the whole because we didn't re- rate the first five episodes let's rate the whole show one through eight if you haven't listened to us before we give a zero through five scale zero being the worst five being absolute perfection we'll just jump in and rate i'll start with this one this season was fun at the end and the beginning one two three i loved six seven eight i loved four five i didn't love it was a little slow kind of boring i don't feel like there was a lot that add, that was added i felt like it could have been a six episode show and would have been just as good to me but overall it's still such a an out there show they're doing things nobody dares do they have homelander standing on top of the vault building jerking off onto new york city at the very end which is directly out of the comics but like that's why i love this show they're willing to go places that nowhere else is they cover the racist topics to the extreme they talk about the media and the propaganda that's out there they show violence and death and mayhem and people doing really shitty things to other people and i just enjoy the show i like the messages i like how crazy it is you never know what's going to happen so i do love it overall this season to me wasn't as good as the first season the first season's as close to perfection as casey and i talked about it it's it's just so damn good so i gave that one a four and a half i'm going to give this season a four because I still think it was great and the parts that weren't as good were made up for how good the last three episodes to me were so I give it a four Casey I did not love this season I spent the majority of it bored I spent all of it very uncomfortable and I think that that is a testament to how well they've done this show when I can watch an episode that clearly is tackling hard topics and they're not shying away from it they are making you feel something doesn't always have to make you feel good and in fact, I think sometimes it's a good thing when you see something that makes you feel shitty because, you know, when you know better, you do better. So I think there's some good messages here and good things for us to be able to learn from. That being said, I wouldn't watch the season again. I didn't enjoy it and I don't want to feel like I have to take a shower after watching television. But the acting in it was beautiful. The visuals were were fantastic. I feel like the special effects were even better than the first season. Their ability to match like the musical stuff with the scores that they chose and the songs that they chose were so incredibly well put. So would I watch it again? No. Do I think everybody else should watch it if they like the boys? Yeah. People may not feel as uncomfortable as I did. And I would probably give it a four simply because I had to rewatch it three times to be able to get to the point that I found something enjoyable to get past my own shit against it. Javier, bring us home. Okay. So I kind of agree. I think season one is better. Ah, I don't know because season two is really good. <laughs> season one is great. Does a great job at setting everything up. I think season two does a great job at closing and like some reveals and stuff. So I wasn't bored at any point in this. I know we've talked about it like slowing down in the middle and kind of being a lull. I wasn't bored. I really liked it. I like the sensitive topics that come up. The action's great. There's a little bit of comedic relief. 
relief. The acting is awesome. I don't know. I really liked it. I'm going to give this a four and a half because, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, see, that's hard because I didn't rate the last season, sure. but last season I probably would have rated four and a half too. So I can't tell if this is, and it's not as, I'm going to go with four and a half and not overthink it. I would totally watch this again. I think anyone, I think everyone should watch this. It's such an awesome show, guys. I think it has something for everyone. I agree. Four, four, four and a half. It's a great show, guys. It's, it's even the complaints that I had of season two. It's still a fantastic eight hours of television. So everybody go watch this thing if you haven't already. It's worth it. It's fun. Next up on TV, we'll be doing The Mandalorian. So tune in for that. We're going to do the whole series since it's so short, but we're going to do The Mandalorian. So check that out. Javier's looking at me like, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Nerds. What's up, nerds? That's right. Check us out on our website, whatsourverdict.com. Leave us some comments on our episodes. If you want to catch up on what we've already reviewed, you can do that there as well. You can find us wherever podcasts are found, whatever app you use, things like Apple, Spotify, Ghana. Send us an email, hosts at whatsourverdict.com. Reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at whatsourverdict. We would love to hear from you and respond back and get some conversations. Tell us what you want us to watch. With that being said, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Cinemagic out. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Whoa!